This is the Life Truth Network. Quest for Our Truth, Episode 463. Quest for Truth, presented by Protectorate Productions and HPN. Heltsley Podcast Network. Now located at life-truth.com. And now, here is your host, Keith Heltsley. Hey, welcome everybody. This is your host, Keith, once again, doing a solo episode here. It uh, should be an interesting topic today. Be a big topic. It's going to talk about God. Uh, now, <laughs> it's such a big topic. Uh, we'll have to break it down a little bit, so... Uh, I'll get more to that uh, as we go, uh, but first, hey, let's tune in to a little bit of uh, the good folks there at the Christian Podcast Community dot com. You'll hear a lot of great podcasters, a lot of great theology, uh, good teaching, uh, everything from uh, you know pastoral topics to homeschooling to uh, news and everything in between. So with that, let's listen to a few of them right here. I think as parents, we assume that kids are going to just know the right way to do things. You have to train them by teaching them to do it over and over again until they actually get it. This is Yvette Hampton, host of the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. Join us each week for a new episode as we offer encouragement and resources on biblical discipleship from popular speakers and authors, as well as parents just like you and me. Find out more at schoolhouserocked.com or listen anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Religionless Christianity with Spencer and Nicole Tosi. Five-minute daily devotionals with Religionless Christianity. Today we're going to be reading and discussing Luke chapter... Our proverb of the day comes from chapter 26, verse 24. Whoever hates disguises himself with his lips and harbors deceit in his heart. And I'm praying for you from Psalm 145. May the Lord show you he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, that the Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. May you know the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth, that the Lord preserves all who love him. God bless. Find out more at religionlesschristianitypodcast.com. Hey there, friends, family, foes, and lurkers alike. This is Daniel Minnick, the host of the Truth Espresso podcast on the Christian podcast community. And I want you to check out Voice of Reason Radio with Chris Honholtz and Richard Story. Chris and Rich are two guys with big hearts who will bring you a show every week that is sure to be challenging, encouraging, and biblical. Voice of Reason Radio with Chris Honholtz and Richard Story is part of the Christian podcast community. Check them out at slavetothekingcom That's slavetothekingcom And tell them Truth Espresso sent you. Main topic... Hey, here's some thoughts about God. 
I, I want to say up front that uh, the hopefully brief discussion I have here is guided by the uh, Baptist faith and message of 2000, which is the current statement of faith by the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, which is the denomination that I am affiliated with. Uh, it, it's a pretty good basic statement. Uh, it does replace one that was out in the 60s, I forget which year, uh, but even the Southern Baptist churches that I know of uh, did not like it. Uh, a lot of Southern Baptist churches refused to stand by that. It was basically a very progressive uh, uh, leftist kind of a, a statement. Uh, was not widely accepted. Before that, there was one in the 1920s that was written. And even that one, I think, had some controversy behind it. And it was, was it was kind of hit or miss in acceptance. Uh, before that, the Southern Baptists used the 1689 Statement of Faith. And that's the main one that most churches that I knew of uh, growing up uh, relied on was that, uh, but the the BFM of uh, 2000 it's a pared down statement from that, but it's essentially the same uh, basic concepts. But this I, I say all that just to say that I'm, I'm using that uh, a handful of scriptures from it uh, and some talking points to to get through uh, some a couple of concepts. I want the time to get through the entire. Uh, statement uh, that's there on God is certainly not as it breaks down the Trinity. The, all that would have to come in its own uh, standalone discussion. I also want to say that uh, it's difficult to have a discussion of God without accepting the Scripture as uh, His Word. Uh, the Scripture just does touch base with that is it's all about revealing who God is. Now, there is a general in this revelation and a specific revelation. The general revelation is simply look at the world around you. If you was to just crawl out of a cave and had nothing else to go on, you could look around the world uh, and see the stars, see the, the landscape, and you would know that it had to come from somewhere in something or somebody and you would begin to understand that there is a higher uh, being and the specific revelation is well you know if you read the early verses of Genesis it says God made uh, man in his image uh, he did make you know, breathing animals, but when he describes the creation of man, which includes woman, he, he breathed his breath of life into the nostrils, which makes man in his image. He breathed his image into human beings. And, it, and, and because of that, we share a bit of his uh, attributes, his image. And because of that, we have a connection to be able to understand this special revelation that was given to prophets to write down and whatever mechanism, again, it's, that's a, a deep topic on its own. You know, how did the prophets uh, write things? How were they inspired? Uh, which is definitely uh, worth going into. You know, I think we might have in a past episode, but if we have, it's 
spend some time, maybe we can address it again somewhere along the line. But I say all that about Scripture because uh, as Southern Baptists, as a lot of other uh, fundamentalist, conservative uh, denominations, we feel it's, you know, the inerrant and fallible word of God, which is, again, a controversy, those words, infallible and, and, and uh, uh, what was the other one? <laughs> uh, inerrant, there we go. Uh, now, there's some reasons why that's controversial, but again, that's not the topic of the day. Uh, but anyway, um uh, the fact that we know God is the highest privilege that's given to humanity, being made in his image. Uh, our knowledge of God should be based solidly on the Bible and not on the speculation of other people or our own speculation. If we speculate, we should whip open the Bible and see if we're backed up there. I mean, maybe we hit the nail on the head without knowing it. But you want to turn to the Bible uh, to build a solid belief on when it comes to that. Uh, Thus says the Lord, let not a wise man boast of his wisdom, but not let the mighty man boast of his might. Let not a rich man boast of his riches, but let him who boasts in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on the earth. For I delight in these things, declares the Lord. And that is Jeremiah 9. 22 and 24, mostly quoted accurately from the NASB. But if you look at that, knowing God, it's not about me. It's not about any wisdom I might have. It's not about any strength. It's not about any money. God doesn't care about those things. What God does care about is that you understand and you know who God is. If you know who God is, you'll know he is love, loving kindness, compassion. You know that he is a just and fair God. And that's the important thing. There's nothing else to understand is knowing who God is and basing things on Scripture. Uh, There is one and only one living and true God. I am the Lord, and there is no other besides me. There is no God. I will gird you, for you have not known me. That is Isaiah 45, 5. Now, think about that. I will gird you. I will wrap you, you know, your girdle. He's going to wrap you in clothes. Why? We haven't even known God. He has known us before we know him. And before we even have anything to bring to God, he will, has already girded us. He's already given us and provided for us. Uh, this is the kind of God who the God of the Bible is all about. Uh, he is the one and only God. He is not a God among many gods. Uh, hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. That's Deuteronomy 6. Four. Now, thinking about that, now if you want to get into some Trinitarian theology, in that verse that says here, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. Now, I think some say one God, but the, the second application of the word God is in parentheses. Uh, the word one implies 
God. The, the point there is God is mentioned three times there in that verse. And so there is some Trinitarian doctrine uh, that, that can be interesting about that. Uh, but moving on. Uh, therefore, concerning the eating of things sacrificed to idols, we know that there is no such thing as an idol in the world, and there is no God but one. That's First Corinthians eight four. You know, and that's Paul saying, "Look, idols are nothing. You know, people worship all kinds of things, and you know, this things that are sacrificed. It's, it's a barbecue if, if it's not God." You just had a barbecue and you said you're giving tribute to something that doesn't exist. Now, I will say that uh, when it comes to God, again, he is the one and only God. He's not a God of many. If you do worship something that's not God, well, that falls under the category of angels. And angels can be divided in angels and those who are fallen angels, also known as demons. Uh, but... The thing is, if you're not worshiping the one and only true God, you're worshiping some sort of angelic being. And if it's an actual angel, read in the Bible, read in the scriptures. Whenever an angel comes, people fall on their face. They worship the angel says, do not fear. Meaning, don't worship me. I'm an angel. I don't deserve worship. You only worship God. So that's how you can tell if you're worshiping a spiritual being and they say you don't worship me, well then stop it. And if they say nothing, stop it anyway. <laughs> because they're not God. Uh, there's a quote by E.Y. Mullins, uh, the doctrine of many gods is polytheism and against it the prophets of Old Testament poured out their inspired and burning eloquence. It is how God trained the people of old uh, in having a, a solid monotheism. I, I kind of truncated that quote a little bit, uh, but that's uh, what E.Y. Bowens is saying is the Bible, the prophets of old, the scriptures is how God uh, equipped his you know, Jewish Hebrew people into shape uh, and made them understand there is only one, one only God. Uh, and if it's good enough for them, hey, it's good enough for me to understand that. Uh, now, and I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then they will know that I, the Lord, their God, am with them, and that they, the house of Israel, are my people, declares the Lord God. As for you, my sheep, the sheep of my pasture, you are men, and I am your God, declares the Lord God. This is Ezekiel 34, 24, followed by verses 30 and 31. Uh, now, look at that. How, this is what God is saying. This is how he wants to relate to us. Uh, we are men, and he is God. We men are his sheep. God is you know, the shepherd of the pasture. Uh, this is how he wants us to relate. He doesn't want to have uh, you know, uppity sheep who stand on their hind legs and shake a hoof at God and say, let's, let's do it my way, which is too often what we do. Uh, but that's, but we should relate to God just as calmly as a sheep does with its uh, shepherd. We, and we can know that God is with us. We can know who he is again, 
uh, by reading scripture. Um, let's look at uh, another area here, some attributes of God. Now, I, I do want to say up front that uh, attributes are different from activities. An attribute is who God is. He just is he has this trait. An activity is what he does. An activity is something like uh, provider, uh, redeemer, savior, uh, those kind of things. But we're talking about attributes, who he is. One thing he is, is intelligent. He is not just a blind force, you know, may the force be with you. Uh, he is an intelligent being. Uh, he is knowing he has a perfect knowledge, he, which is not the imperfect knowledge of humans. We have a, a portion of that knowledge, but it's imperfect knowledge. He has the infinite knowledge. Uh, you might say he's omniscient is the, the actual Greek word that describes that, or is described by that. <laughs> Here's an example. Uh, do you know about the layers of the thick clouds, the wonders of one perfect in knowledge? This is how Job uh, 37, 16 puts it, uh, that he's perfect in knowledge. You know, do you know about the layers of clouds? I mean, these days we have weathermen and meteorologists who, you know, have sought to study the clouds and we can probably study things more, but he's not necessarily talking about, you know, clouds in the sky. Uh, he's, we'll find out more about clouds and how it relates to God. But do you know about those clouds that you know surround God? You know, God was known as you know a cloud, pillar of cloud in the wilderness, a pillar of fire. Jesus was, Jesus was taken up in the clouds. Clouds have a, a very related meaning, uh, a connection with God. Uh, God is spiritual. He doesn't have a body. He is transcendent. He's not limited by a body. Uh, wherever you go, there he is. It doesn't mean God moved to that place. It doesn't mean if I travel from here in Illinois to uh, visit my co-host Nathan there in Arkansas that suddenly God has moved from here to there. God is already there. He's already here. He's everywhere all at once. That's transcendent. He can do that because he is spirit. He's not limited by a physical body. Uh, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. John 4.24. And, and again, it is Jesus demonstrating to the woman at the well that you know, God isn't a God of here or a God of there. Uh, he's a God of everywhere. You know, there's uh, a saying, when in Rome, do as Romans do. In other words, when you're at a foreign place, practice their foreign practices. If they worship a different God, no, well, might as well. You're in Rome. Do as Romans do. You know, everything in Vegas stays in Vegas, which it really doesn't. Uh, it, it, when you move around, you can always uh, be assured God is there. He, he was there before you got there and he'll be there after you leave. <laughs> God is personal. He has a personality and he relates to his people in a personal way. Uh, and we've already talked about this when I read the passage from Ezekiel uh, in the, what was the chapter uh, 34, uh, verses 24, followed by 30 to 31. We've seen there how God 
uh, doesn't care about your wealth or your strength or your or anything you can bring to the table. He cares that you know him as a person. Uh, because God is personal, it makes it easy to relate to him. Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am afflicted and needy. Preserve my soul, for I am a godly man. O you, my God, save your servant who trusts in you. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you I cry all day long. Make glad the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. To you, Lord, of there. For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive, and abundant in loving kindness to all who call upon you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer, and give heed to the voice of my supplication. In the day of my trouble I shall call upon you, for you will answer me. That's Psalm 86, verses 1-7. through 7. And you can see this quite a bit to digest there, but clearly uh, we know that God cares about us. We know he has a personality that we can relate to and that he can relate to us. And he does care about our needs. He does care about times when we are down, trodden, needy, and uh, and need someone to reach out to. When we uh, relate to him in that way, he certainly is willing to respond. Uh, uh, I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my supplications, because he has inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I shall call upon him as long as I live. That's Psalm 116, 1 and 2. Uh, God is self-existent. Uh, he also includes he's self-sufficient, eternal. He depends on nothing and is complete in himself. He's the only uncreated being. He created all things and brought all creatures into being. Now, there's a lot we can find in the Bible on that, but I'll present a few things about his uh, completeness and so forth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1.1. Now, think about that. There was nothing, and God made something. There was chaos, and he formed it into something. There was darkness, and he became light, or he created the light. Uh, He is eternal. Now, uh, for thus says the high and exalted one, who lives forever, whose name is holy, I dwell on a high and holy place, and also with a contrite and low spirit in order to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. Isaiah 57, 15. So God is eternal. He's also a very high and holy God, but he's not so high and holy that he does not also live with a downtrodden and poor and lowly spirit. Uh, there never was a time when he was not, and there will be a time when he is not. Uh, he himself has the creator of time. Uh, if you think about that Genesis 1 passage, it says, in the beginning was God. Now, if you think about that, in the beginning, that means the beginning of time. 
uh, the the phrase you know, in the beginning it's a single word uh, beginning that means at the very start the very first moment uh, we can flip over to John 1 1 where it says in the beginning the word was with God and the word was God and, and which also again the word was in Genesis 1 1 God was so at the very first moment the time began God already was uh, so that's a deep concept the Bible also talks he is the beginning and the end uh, there's nothing before God and there's nothing that's going to sur- surpass God uh, time starts and stops before, <laughs> before he within the, the realm of God uh, so uh, he uh, has a name uh, which testifies both to his personality and his eternal nature. Well, it's his personality because, hey, people have names, and God has a name. We can relate to him because he has a name. But what about that eternal nature? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. That's Exodus 3, 14. And the fact he has a name, again, he's, that's personal. His actual name, I am, points at his eternal uh, attribute. Because uh, that uh, uh, Hebrew phrase, I am, it, it's connected to the word to exist. I exist that I exist is what he's saying here. Uh, he is a God of glory. And this is a big one. Uh, God does not need his creation, but he uses his creation to glorify him. Uh, this is found all through the Bible. There's so much we could talk about. I just have a few uh, tip of the iceberg uh, items here. It came about, however, when the congregation had assembled against Moses and Aaron, that they had turned to the tent of meeting, and behold, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord appeared. Remember we talked about cloud earlier. There's got to, uh, the layers of that cloud is covering God's glory in the temple. Uh, that, of course, was Numbers 16.42. Describe to the Lord, O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Uh, ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in holy array. This is First Chronicles 16, 28 and 29. And there you can see a lot about God's glory, about his holiness, about coming to worship him. And of course, in the Old Testament before Christ, their worship involved a material offering, but because Christ is our offering, we come to God to worship in spirit. Uh, so David blessed the Lord in the sight of all the assembly, and David said, Blessed are you, O Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty, indeed everything that is in the heavens and the earth. Yours is the dominion, O Lord, and you exalt yourself as head over all. First Chronicles 29:11. Wow, there's a lot of uh, glorifying and worshiping God right there from uh, King David. Uh, 
The heavens are telling of the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the work of his hands. Psalm 19, 1. Yeah, that's a good psalm about uh, creation. Uh, and here we again find that the uh, general revelation that the expanse, you know, the sky, uh, the heavens uh, tells about God's glory. Uh, and it's both specific because it's in writing there, isn't it? Uh, Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Psalm 24, 7 and 8. And there's one too, God's strength, his might, his attribute. Uh, it's not part of my list per se of talking points. Let's talk about his glory. You can open up your doors to invite him in. Uh, and blessed be his glorious name forever and may the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. Psalm seventy-two, nineteen. Tell of his glory among the nations, his wonderful deeds among all the peoples. It's Psalm ninety-six, three. His glory, his deeds. God is glory. Uh, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory, forever. Amen. That's uh, Romans 11:36, and we have one more. Uh, Worthy are you, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and because of your will they existed and were created. Revelation 4:11. So, God uses His creation to glorify Him. He doesn't need us, but He uses us for his glory. He doesn't need to have the earth or the solar system or the universe, but he uses it to glorify him. That brings us to another attribute. God is unchanging. Fancy word for that is immutable. He never changes. Uh, There is no shadow of turning in him as the one hymnal puts it. And I think it's also from scripture too. Uh, why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord, but rushed upon the spoil and did what was evil in the sight of the Lord? First Samuel fifteen nineteen, and the further uh, broader context of that is uh, Samuel and Saul were to uh, sacrifice to the Lord, uh, but for whatever reason God delayed Samuel and Saul took it upon himself. Uh, even though God's standard didn't change, yeah, he wanted the sacrifice to happen, the worship to happen, but he wanted it on his terms, when and where he wanted it, and uh, Saul got impatient <laughs> and did what he wanted to, uh, and it, 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 it's the point where he uh, lost favor and God chose David in his place. Uh, his God's character and his attributes, they never change. And because they never change, we can rely on his promises. Uh, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O sons of Jacob, are not consumed. That's Malachi 3.6. That's an interesting way to put that. Uh, The people at the time, they didn't deserve God's favor. They weren't acting very godly during his time with the prophets. But God says... He doesn't change. And because he does not change, 
or sons of Jacob. He, he made promises back to Abraham, and Isaac, and Jacob, and King David, and King Saul, uh, that he would preserve his people. And at this point, even though they didn't deserve it, he still is going to keep his promises because when God makes a promise, it's a promise. You know, your your son can misbehave and not deserve making that family trip to grandma's or whatever, but he's still going to go because you made the promise that you're going to go. Uh, anyway, th- th- that's just an example. Uh, the Lord is slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, forgiving iniquity and transgression, but he will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers and on the children to the third and fourth generations. Numbers fourteen eighteen. Now this is one I've heard been challenged by people who say, Yeah, but you know, God is slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness and forgiveness. But then why does he do something like, oh, destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? Well, okay, here's the thing. is On the day that Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed, it wasn't without warning. At least Lot was warned so specifically. And you say, well, that wasn't very long suffering. It's like, well, if you actually read the Bible, Sodom is mentioned uh, earlier, if you count up the potential number of years on your fingers and toes, it was about maybe 20 or 30 years prior when it was first mentioned, whenever Abram had to go rescue Lot because the uh, king is swept in. Even then, it was already known as an evil city. So it's not like their evilness just popped up overnight and got squashed overnight. God slow in his anger let people do their dumb stuff but when he comes to punish he is swift at doing it and of course that city and those around it were swept away pretty quickly so that's not this verse is not a contention that God isn't slow to anger and uh, quick to judge it's it's actually supporting that that's exactly what happens and look at other times uh, even with the passage of Malachi how long had the Hebrew people been falling away it, you know, it was a slow glide over a long time God is slow to anger but once he is sparked to justice he will and he will do it swiftly uh, blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he promised not one word has failed of all the good promises which he promised. Uh, oh, I miss, I'm missing something here. Not one word has failed of all his good promises which he promised through Moses his servant. Uh, First Kings uh, eight, uh, yeah, eight uh, fifty six. I thought I was missing a line there. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, from the time of Moses, of course, Moses is the first one who actually uh, put quill to parchment uh, to write scrolls. Uh, so from the time God's specific revelation was written down in Scripture, uh, those promises have not failed. If he says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. If he says he's not going to do it, you never, you're not going to get him to move on that. Uh, Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good word which I have spoken concerning the house of Israel and the house of Judah. 
This is Jeremiah 33, 14. Uh, so that is what I have on attributes, and certainly there are more attributes. Uh, there's definitely not a set list in stone. Uh, I'm not sure if any experts have come up with a specific number. Uh, I think it was oh, A.W. Pink, I think, has a good study on attributes of God. I think he lists about 20 or 21 or so, but it still is not a, an all-encompassing list. But you do have to consider that an attribute is who God is is it describes his personality it describes uh, his nature uh, whereas an activity is what he does and if we re revisit this topic at some point as the old country preacher says god dwelling in the greek don't rise uh, that would be the next uh, thing we get to is activities of god and as well as trinity uh, and various other certainties we can know about God. But for the meantime, uh, think of ways that you can apply uh, your knowledge and understanding of God uh, when it comes to just your general daily life at home, at work, at social life, uh, especially your church life and your private life, your use of time, your use of money. And, uh, you know, it starts with you, you know, what you do in your private time expands into your other times. So, but in all those areas of life, uh, uh, be willing to grow in your understanding of who God is and, and do that by using scripture to build that solid foundation. And if you speculate, well, look it up in scripture. If you find it there, then you, you speculated correctly. And if you haven't, well, stick to what the scripture says. Are you living an abundant life? Jesus came to give us eternal life, yes, but also an abundant life here and now, overflowing with the fruit of the Spirit. The Abundant Life Podcast encourages and challenges Christians to spiritual change and growth by applying biblical principles to everyday life. Podcast hosts Sasso Mendez and Ben Ariano discuss various topics that are helpful for Christians and true to the scripture and bring a generous dose of humor. Visit AbundantLife.fm and subscribe to get notified of each new episode. That's AbundantLife.fm. Andrew Rappaport's Rap Report is a podcast providing biblical interpretations and applications. It is a ministry of striving for eternity and part of the Christian podcast community. We provide a biblical view of cultural events, discuss how to apply God's word to the Christian life, address issues that concern the church, and we even take some time to offer a correct understanding of those commonly misinterpreted passages of scripture. You will hear from great guests like Justin Peters, Todd Friel, Jay Warren Wallace, and Gabe Hughes. Andrew has the Rap Report Daily, which is a two-minute Monday through Friday podcast, and then the longer Rap Report podcast for more content. Subscribe to both today by searching for Rap Report on any podcast app, spelled R-A-P-P, report, or click the podcast link at strivingforeternity.org. My name is Andy Olson, and I want to tell you about Echozoi Radio. Echozoi Radio is a podcast outreach of Echozoi Ministries. Every month I find a knowledgeable guest to talk about an important and interesting topic that affects the church today. We carefully balance the discussions of positive, God-glorifying doctrines of Orthodox Christianity from a mostly Reformed point of view with exposés of heresy, false teaching, and poor practice that goes on throughout the church today. 
You can find us at echozoe.com. That's E-C-H-O-Z-O-E.com. All right, and there we go. I think I had some flubs in there. <laughs> I, I figured that it was pretty minor, uh, so I just left them in there. Uh, but anyhow, I uh, hope you enjoyed that, and we will try to get back to this topic. Uh, there is more to say on it, as, as mentioned. Uh, uh, some of the activities will touch base a tiny bit. Uh, I'll get introductory word on Trinity, but then we'll have to really break the Trinity apart to uh, dig into the the three personalities uh, of the Godhead. Anyway, with that, uh, I think next time we get back together here for a recording, it ought to be time for a Truth Exposed, so uh, stay tuned to that. You know, it's something I think about those. Uh, I know they've gone away. Sometimes we've got massive downloads out of them. Sometimes kind of puny. Uh, let me know. Is there some, something you like more about it or less about it? That we can tweak it and make it better. But until you tell me, I'll just keep on doing what I'm doing. So there's that. Anyway, it's just time to call it to a close here. So this is your host, Keith, saying thanks for listening. Uh, tell a friend about us. We really do grow our audience most from word of mouth, uh, passing our, our information around. But they will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Visit life-truth.com where you can find all our shows. Leave a message or call our voicemail number at 401-753-4844. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash life truth page. Follow us on Twitter at HPNCast, capital H, capital P, capital N, capital C, A-S-T. Everything Nathan Caldwell does can be found at facebook.com forward slash protectors of the book. Music in the show is used by permission of Kevin Zerby at zerbinator.wordpress.com. May God richly bless you. May you find everything you need. And if you don't know Jesus, your greatest need is a Savior. Thanks for listening.